Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This is the best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day and meat pickles for everyone. Nah, I'm kidding. On the way, the Joe Rose Show going to be talking to, I'm not going to say Major League Baseball legend, but definitely prominent in the past, present, and future of the MLB, Harold Reynolds going to be talking about the past, present, and future of Major League Baseball. Also, Dan Lebetard Show, getting into Uncut Gems. I did watch that this past Monday on Netflix. Good. And the more I think about it, it just keeps getting better, but there's a lot of stress that's surrounding the movie, so they're going to dive into that. Plus, Hawk and Crowder. Searing pain! Searing pain! They're going to be talking about the replay of the Canes almost national championship game tonight on ESPN. Right now, though, let's get into the headlines. The British Premier League is set to return June 17th. At the restart, players will have been sidelined for 100 days. Sources say the Canes athletic department has asked office employees to take a two-week furlough over the next two months to save money for the program. The new NCAA rules, in effect, could nix the Canes Paradise Camp. The annual summer event is a big recruiting tool for the football program. Portland's Damian Lillard, who previously said he would not return this season to play meaningless games, now says an NBA playoff tournament would be perfect. FAU football players will be allowed to return to campus June 8th. The Owls are scheduled to open the season at Minnesota September 3rd. Inter-Miami CF are participating in a challenge that gives away a $2,500 college scholarship. No resumption of the MLS season has been decided. And now, let's step into it. It's time to go into the day spa. (sighs) A Canadian man recently received some hair products he ordered over eight years ago. Maybe not exactly what you want during coronavirus, but better than nothing. Burger King in Italy has introduced a social distancing Whopper that has so many onions in it, it makes people that eat it start to tear up and cry and then kill people with their breath. Two men were arrested after breaking into a man's bedroom with machetes as part of a sex fantasy date only to find they had the wrong address. Awkward. Now on to weather. Tonight's forecast cloudy with temperatures around 80. Are you missing baseball? Some people are, some people aren't. It's been kind of a hot topic lately, so the Joe Rose Show caught up with former Major League Baseball player and part of the MLB Network, Harold Reynolds. I can remember when Harold Reynolds played. He was real quick, good hitter, great player. 
pretty good announcer, too. I watch him on MLB Network every once in a while. Talking about the owners, players, trying to work it out. The new age of baseball, if no play, who will pay? And the minor leagues and the new draft going forward. He's a Major League Baseball Network analyst. You see him on MLB Network. Joe sees him all the time. He loves MLB Network. Harold Reynolds is going to join us here for a couple minutes. Harold, thank you very much for the time. We appreciate it. Hey, my pleasure. Thanks for having me, guys. I do miss when we go game to game at night, man, getting the highlights of all the games. That That's where we get a couple of comments and rolling from game to game. I uh, I do like that, man. The old red zone of baseball is uh, is pretty cool stuff. We got a lot of stuff to get to here. Can we get this thing worked out? between i know it's just negotiating right now but it looks like the owners and players are far apart on trying to get back to work here what's your take yeah i think we'll get it worked out you know i look at it this way the the biggest thing is health and safety and once they get that piece of the puzzle fully settled the finances that take care of itself you know the 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 one thing is they're talking it's not like somebody shut down said i have no interest or conversation so I think at the end of the day, like I said, health and safety, but we'll get to a point where, you know, we got 39 million people in this country that are unemployed. The conversation is going to have to move behind closed doors when you're talking about those kind of dollars. The public is never going to understand it, and all you're doing is hurting your product. So eventually, the focus should be like the NBA, where Chris Paul came out and said, hey, we want to play. We'll figure it out. We want to play. Right. That's the message you want out there. And hopefully they'll get to that point. But I, I think eventually uh, they will get this settled. Uh, and I do think we're going to play baseball this year. Uh, that's kind of my feeling. I'm, I'm with you, Harold. I think it's still going to uh, still going to happen, too. And I just wish everybody could keep <clears throat> negotiations quiet. I, I just wish nobody talked about their money, especially in a day where we know what everybody makes and what they've made in their career. I just wish... It was all private, but that, I guess, is never going to happen, huh? Well, in this world of social media, it's a total different navigation of life than even when we were growing up, you know, and now it's it's prevalent in our community. So you're always going to have somebody has their, their voice that can be heard. So that makes it very difficult. And then, obviously, uh, you have media that's going to try to fight to get get questions and answers and they got a job to do so it's tough to to keep all that quiet but i do think it can get done eventually that's that's the only way it's going to happen you're not going to be able to negotiate publicly it just doesn't work harold if if for some reason and we're obviously living in a hypothetical world right now if for some reason baseball does not come back are the players just going to get crushed for this because the money situation has come out is that going to be the biggest kind of fan thing that comes out is oh they didn't want to play for six or seven million dollars like because we see it all over the text line now and max scherzer's tweet like you said on social media but the players are going to take the, the brunt of this well no doubt i mean even in in normal times you know nobody's going to identify with guys saying i gotta have my billion but particularly now you know as i talked about before 39 million people this uh pandemic has affected everybody across the globe and there's not one person uh in this country that can say i don't know anybody that hasn't been affected by it you know i'm the youngest of eight kids and i, I have brothers and sisters and nieces and nephews and across the board and everybody's struggling to, to make ends meet and put food on the table at this point in time to sit there and say i gotta have mine uh, that doesn't work you see all the sacrifices people are making uh, on the front lines and everything else it just uh, it's not a conversation that's good and yeah the players are gonna gonna pay for that at the end of the day and they may pay for it anyway and and so that's and when it comes down to negotiations it's about leverage right and i think that's the worst leverage point they have they have no leverage when it comes down to public negotiations it's not going to 
not going to bode good for them. Hey, Harold, uh, it's it's interesting the, the minor leagues and uh, especially the Oakland A's. I just feel I feel terrible for those minor league guys that don't make that much. People aren't aware of it. Minor leaguers don't make a whole hell of a lot of money until you get to the big leagues. What were your thoughts on that? What the A's did to to save I don't know what it was a little over a million dollars by uh, by shutting those guys down and still having their right. Well, I, it might just be the first team that that happens to. What happens a lot with the minor leaguers is they're lumped in with the whole organization. And as we're seeing now, you know, scouts and front offices and everybody else are trying not to furlough and they're trying to fight and scrap to keep people's jobs. When you look at the pay scale, the minor leaguers are, are right down at the bottom of that pay scale. You know, and this is like any company getting rid of the bottom line. It's business. I get it. I, I don't know if they should be able to retain their rights. I think maybe they should be free agents or something. It's just ugly. You know, no matter what, I, I, I do think at the end of the day, you're fighting to try to hang on to people and keep people employed. I mean, even here at, at MLB and across the board, everybody's trying to figure out how to keep the machine going and the fewer people that get hurt by it. I just think that, honestly, uh, the minor league guys were were at the bottom of the food chain, so to speak, and it's probably an easier move for them knowing that uh, these guys are hopefully going to be back in fold sooner than than a lot of other people. But if you let go Betty Sue in the copy room, it's going to be hard for her to recover with the family and and try to get back to work and everything else. So those are the tough decisions that we're all making, and, and that's why the negotiation of the big leaguers is so ugly at that high of a level. When you're talking about a million dollars wiped out their minor league system and we got a pitcher saying, I need my seven. Hold it. Time out. Let's put this in perspective. That's where it's at. I mean, I've always been, I've went through three strikes and got locked out once. So four years of my 12 years major league career was in turbulent times. And I was never seeing it from the owner's perspective, but this is different. This is a total different deal where everybody's getting hurt across the board and you know, bills are having to be paid to keep people with food on the table. It's it's a little right. bit different than your normal negotiation. Harold, the other part is the uh, draft coming up, just the five rounds. And uh, I guess what's that? After five rounds, everybody's pretty much a free agent to, to sign with any team he wants to. Uh, what would you think of that decision? Again, I know it, uh, it goes back to money once again. Well, hopefully it's just this one year. I, I mean, obviously, I, I, I don't like it. I mean, you're looking at five rounds. That means a 1,000 kids are not getting drafted this year. That's how dramatic this is. Uh, usually, you're going 40 rounds, so you cut out 35 rounds. Outside of Houston and uh, Boston, because of their penalties, everybody's going to take basically five players. That's it. And so now, with the NC2A saying, uh, you can come back, you didn't play this spring, you junior or you senior, now all of a sudden, you've got a backload of kids coming back to play and you got incoming freshmen. So I've spoken with a lot of college baseball coaches for example, I might have four seniors that you're thinking, okay, they're gone, so i got to go get four people to replace them. And i got four of my juniors that will probably go anywhere between the 6th and 12th round, so they're going to be gone. They'll sign. Now they're coming back. So you got eight right. people coming back, and you went out and got eight, and you don't have the money from the NC2A to fund it. So this will be backlogged now for the next two or three years. This is going to affect college baseball and, and, and baseball moving forward for the next two or three years easily. Harold, you've been around baseball for a while. What about playing in front of mannequins or, or cardboard uh, cardboard people? <laughs> I, I can imagine you've seen some of this on TV. I look at it all the time, and I'm just smiling. I'm laughing at it. But you played. What about that? 
It's going to be it'll be so weird. But, I mean, obviously, when you play in the minor leagues, you don't play in front of a lot of people. Or even in the instructional league or something like that, you got three or four people there. But when you get to the major leagues, and I know my early years, I played in the Kingdom in Seattle. And opening day, we'd have 55,000 people. And if we lost that game, the next day we'd have five. And you can hear the guy up on the third deck yelling at you. I would have had that ball, you know. <laughs> and, and so, and it was the weirdest thing to play in an empty stadium. So I, I, it's going to take some getting used to, but uh, they're going to have to do it. And, and honestly, I hope we get to that point where they're playing. That means that means we're seeing some baseball. But it's not going to be pretty. It, it's tough to do. Hey, Harold, you, you're doing something pretty cool. That uh, one of the reasons. You, came on with this especially we got so many you, you know our baseball down here we got a lot of kids going to get drafted here in south florida and we got a lot of uh, really good girls softball players really good like real high quality uh travel teams down here uh you're working with huddle is that right yeah absolutely uh teamed up with huddle and one of the things we're doing helping kids build a platform you know so you can go to huddle.com slash baseball huddle.com slash softball or just go to huddle.com main page and go to the sport you need to get to go and find an individual page and sign up for it it's a well reduced price but the biggest thing is they're going to teach you how to build your your your, your video into the right highlight film that a coach can see because the whole thing we all know as you move through sports, you have to be seen by somebody, a recruiter, a scout, a coach, whatever, if you want to continue to climb that ladder. So not playing this spring and possibly not this summer, uh, this is the, the next best option. Just get your video out there. If you don't have existing video, mom, dad, or coach or somebody shot last year, go out in your backyard down the park and, and just go run and show your skills. You know, it's, it's interesting. I've been talking, like I said, to a lot of coaches, but even college football recruiters, they're calling guys and saying, just go out and run the 40 so I know what you look like and let me film you. You know, I, I know some kids that are going to be in the draft coming up. We're talking about first-round guys. Teams are calling them and saying, hey, you were hurt last year at the end of the season. We haven't seen you. Can you go and play catch with your little brother in the backyard and let it go for a couple throws just so we can see you? Yeah. Wow. So the evaluation can happen on video is the point. And anybody who is versed in whatever the sport is is going to be able to see your actions in video. And so Huddle – reason I teamed up with them is they've got the football, the basketball, the soccer, the lacrosse. They got that machine rolling to the point of seven million kids are on that site and college coaches come to it constantly. And so we want to build the same thing with baseball and softball and give those 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 players the same opportunity to be seen. Where does uh, hey Harold, real quickly, where does our area down here in South Florida? We talk so much about our, our youth football and high school football has just been as you know, has been so good. But baseball, we've had some great baseball programs down here both softball where does it rank as far as the country goes the talent down here oh it's right at the top i mean you're looking at south florida down there where you guys are at i should actually say the whole state of florida but particularly south florida and then texas and california those are the biggest hotbeds for baseball and Miami right there, uh, right at the top, that whole area. And I think the, the biggest thing and the, maybe the biggest benefactor right now will be the junior colleges. That area has such great junior college baseball and softball that they're going to benefit greatly off of the point I made earlier 
that the four-year schools are having so many kids come back that you're going to see a lot of the junior college uh, competition just go to a whole nother level because somebody's going to say, forget it, I'll just go to a JC and play. And that's going to be a huge option for right. guys and, and girls. So that, that will happen a lot, and that area is, is hot, hot, hot for that. Uh, yeah, it's one of the premier places in the country. Harold, really appreciate you coming on with us, man. Really, uh, thank hey, you so much, and hopefully you get it worked out. Hopefully we talk on better terms. I really appreciate it, though. Thanks for having me on. Okay, guys, keep it going. I don't know about you, but I miss going to Marlins games, driving down, no traffic at all, parking for free on the streets or for $10 at a gas station if you don't want to risk getting a quote-unquote ticket, walking into the game, buying a $10 ticket, sitting wherever you want, $5 Rolling Rock beers. Oh, man. I'm ready for the MLB to be back. We'll be back in just a minute. We're going to be checking in with the Dan Levitard Show. I got a text from Stoic Roy that merely said, holy bleep, uncut gems put a lot of unnecessary stress in my life. Stressful uncut gems next on the Best of the Joe Show. This is the Best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day on this day that is Credence Clearwater Revival's lead singer John Fogarty's 75th birthday. It is me. It is me. I love CCR and John Fogarty. Two stories. Growing up, my brother Paul loved CCR. Like most people in the South, living in Louisiana, Cosmos Factory, used to drive up to my grandmother's in the middle of nowhere, Cajun country, Louisiana, Cottonport, Louisiana to be exact, of Oils Parish. Took about two hours. We just listened to CCR the whole way there and back. Mm -mm -mm. My other run-in with John Fogarty was one year at Jazz Fest in New Orleans. I was coming out of a bathroom, wasn't really paying attention. I was like, man, whoever's doing a cover of that CCR song is really good. And then I realized it was John Fogarty. You know, I was like, that's not a cover. That's the real deal. Speaking of the real deal, Dan Levitard, the real deal from 10 to 1 right here on 560 The Joe Weekdays. Earlier today, they're talking about the movie we can't seem to stop talking about. Uncut Gems. Is it stressful? Is it not stressful? And what are some of the movies that give you some stress? As you know, Stugatz's laziness will echo throughout the eternities. So even in a movie, even in a movie that has Mike Francesa, Kevin Garnett, and Adam Sandler, which seems like the holy trinity to get Stugatz to watch anything, Stugatz has not yet watched Uncut Gems. And the reason I bring this up is because two days ago, I got a text from Stoic Roy that merely said, holy bleep, Uncut Gems put a lot of unnecessary stress in my life. Mike Ryan came here today and said there should be a warning on that movie uh, to tell you that you're going to be stressed, (laughs) that he had to stop watching it for a little while and start meditating because it's basically a degenerate's life falling apart as he gambles and gambles and risks and you feel the walls closing in on you it is a movie Stugatz I don't know that you'd enjoy it I, really? I don't well just because it's stressful it's not I don't know what you go to a movie for the most stressed I've ever been in a movie and I will 
ask you guys this question to all of you put it out to you the most stressed you've ever been watching a movie it wasn't enjoyable to me i it was ryan reynolds and barry he was in a coffin the entire time with you know sand pouring into the coffin and it it just made me feel claustrophobic i had a real hard time watching it i can't say i enjoyed that movie but i can say man hell of a movie that it reached through the screen and made me feel like that but i don't think that's why most people go to the movies in fact i would say the movie seven is a bit of a masterpiece but i don't think that the grand majority of people would make it a epic all-time movie because they don't like spoiler alert the ending with Gwyneth Paltrow's head in a box like they don't they don't like to leave a movie and be like oh that feels awful I don't want to feel like that when I'm going to my escape hatch it's the same thing that happens in sports to nobody wants to hear about Max Scherzer's opinion on things uh, because i just want to go to my escape hatch i don't want to keep being reminded it's a business i don't want to keep being reminded every turn that this isn't about love of the game in any way it's about money it's about business it's about contract i think people go to movies for different things they want to get away right they want to get away and escape from reality or they want to learn something or they just want to see something good uh the most stressed i've ever been watching a movie the most stressed now i have not seen uncut gems yet I I plan on watching it, was Point Break, start to finish. That was a stressful movie, but it's also my favorite movie of all time. So I I have a feeling I'm going to like Uncut Gems. The reason I haven't watched it is I just can't get past the fact that Mike Francesa is in the movie. I can't. I can't get past it. And he's pretty good. I know. He seems relaxed. Uh, Put it on the poll at Levitard Show. Were you stressed watching Uncut Gems? They didn't really ask Mike Francesa to stress. Um, he's very believable as someone that would take your bets in the back of an Italian restaurant. So, guys, there's a fine line between the pure adrenaline edition DVD of Point Break, which, yes, I'm with you. It gets me sweating every time because it's high adrenaline. And what uncut gems did which is just give you anxiety attacks <laughs> wherever that tipping point is right. they took a bulldozer through it very early on the way that there are epileptic seizure warnings before watching something that might trigger you that needs to be before this film because it hurt watching this movie at times it was an anxiety inducing experience the pacing for god's sakes the most relaxing part of the movie is when someone does cocaine jesus <laughs> this movie does not breathe it's too much it's i'm sure it's a good movie i was invested in the story the end is a surprise there's really good performances in it kevin garnett does a really good job in the film although uh, some of the sports things bother me because i mean don't say put on espn when the game's on tnt just don't do that just it bothers me a little bit but man adds to your stress dude this movie it wasn't an enjoyable experience for me it wasn't watching well, it. well let me ask you as it relates to the movie experience uh because stugatz laid, laid out a couple of the reasons that people watch movies but i would say that you watch movies largely above everything else to feel whatever it is to feel something, even if you're escaping, whether it's laughter, whether it's sadness, whether it's appreciation of art, it's just to feel something. But if it's a negative feeling, like, I don't know, I like dark movies. Um, I, I don't mind endings that... Uh, that don't leave me an answer that's easy as I leave uh, the theater or watch it on television. Uh, 
Tony, uh, Mike was asking you questions about uncut gems, and he was asking you, um, because you came in stressed out this morning and revving, and because the most <laughs> peaceful time in the movie was the weekend doing cocaine, he asked you, uh, Tony, do you have any anxiety issues? Like, it, it was a deeply personal question that he asked you, to which you responded, I do, but not about this. So your uh, your <laughs> overall feelings on uncut, uncut gems with Kevin Garnett, Mike Francesa, and <laughs> Adam Sandler was what? Yeah, the answer I had for Mike was my my anxiety is ex- existential in nature, so I didn't have it watching the movie. Much like Buried um, with Ryan Reynolds, I felt like I didn't breathe the entire movie. I got through the whole thing, and I was like, <gasps> finally, at the end, when I could actually breathe when we finished the movie. But I thought it was a really good like showing into what it's like to be that kind of person. And I thought it was really introspective on somebody's entire life tailspinning. And that's what I took from the movie when I, there's a, a certain part where I'm talking with Mike, where he's in his office, there's people just talking, the, the doctor's trying to tell him some news. And at that point, I almost lost it. I'm sweating just thinking about it. Roy, how about you? You are normally a stoic. You are not someone who reveals a great deal of anxiety. I was surprised to to hear, to get your text uh, with curses in it, just uh, not feeling good about yourself after watching the movie. Did, can you say that you enjoyed the movie? I found it to be an excellent movie. I just did not enjoy the movie. Now, that's pretty rare to find. You know, like Seven would be an example of that, but I just did not enjoy it. And I, I found myself yelling at Adam Sandler's character. Like, he had so many opportunities to get out of the situation that he was in and got himself in deeper. I was yelling at him. Like, what are you doing? Um, yeah, Mike said, I think he stopped the television. Put it on the poll, Guillermo, at Levitard show, because this is the only place that I yelled, what are you doing? And it's when he had a parlay that started with betting the opening tip. I'm like, uh, I'm like what's wrong with that? I mean. <laughs> well, his whole life was riding on a parlay that he needed to come in and he needed Garnett to have a big game. And it begins with needing to win the opening he turns, tip. He, he turns to people. He's like, that's the hardest part. No Believe me, of course. Why are you betting this? <laughs> that was my favorite quote of the movie when they got the tip. That's the hardest part. We're okay now. And then the ending. Whoo, man. I'll tell you, Uncut Gems, initially I was like, good movie, not great. As time has gone on, maybe I've been sold on it more. I'm starting to think it's a better and better movie. Intense. It's about gambling. It has really cool Jewish culture stuff in there. Sports. So it's really growing on me even more. Good getting too great maybe i'll have to watch it again one day when i got two hours but then again who doesn't have two hours these days two guys that loved uncut gems right here it was such a cluster bleep he called pass interference then he changed it to holding i read some interview with him today with terry porter and and he essentially said uh well what i wanted to do was replay it in my head to make for sure that i was getting the call right Hawk and Crowder are hot next on the Canes. This is the Best of the Joe Show. Welcome back to the Best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day. Happy birthday, Kylie Minogue. Can't get you out of my head today. She is 52, but that is a good-looking 52. Speaking about another good-looking birthday girl, Elizabeth Hasselback. She's on one of those shows, The View or something, married to the lesser-known Hasselback brother. God, can't get you out of my head. Kylie Minogue. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. want to remind you, you can't get the Panthers out of your head. Panthers replay in just a few minutes away. But first, let's check in with Hawk and Crowder. Canes fans tonight will be reliving searing pain. 
Bad call. Bad call. And there's a mystery texter. What do you know about this song, Solana? This is Grandmaster Flash. No, I know who it is. I know what it's about, too. Vision, dreams of passion. What do you know about this song, Crowder? I missed this one. This is a weird sounding little song you got going now. Very strange reaction. Something like a phenomenon. Crank it up for a sec. I do Reminds me of Chris Forster, kind of. <laughs> I was just about to say, was this in the drug era? Because this sounds very druggy. Oh, yeah, this is White Lines. Yeah. Yeah. Ticket to ride. White Lines. White Lines Highway. They can go my way. All time bangers. Okay, so they were just straight out with it. No mm-hmm. subliminal nothing. It's, it's anti White Lines. In a very party fashion. In a very upbeat. Wait, crank it up here. This is the uh, higher, baby. Get higher, baby. Get higher, baby. Get higher, baby. Don't ever come down. They may have yelled free bass there. I can't confirm nor deny. This is getting weirder and weirder. You've never heard this song, really? I mean, this is literally an all-time classic. I've never heard this song. Really? It sounds very Little Shop of Horrors. Wow, this is Grandmaster Flash. Like, I mean, this is one of the founding fathers of hip-hop. I think he was biting off a little shop of horror. Wow. Wow. I cannot, I am stunned. I thought this song was like, this is like knowing Twist and Shout from the Beatles. Oh, no, 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 no. Nothing like that. Wow. Yeah, you lived through it, didn't you? Now, how many Canes fans tonight are going to hate watch? ESPN's rebroadcast of the 2003 Fiesta Bowl, which robbed the Hurricanes of back-to-back national championships. Yeah, I'm not a Canes fan. I, I won't watch it tight, but I'll have it on. I'll check it out, especially the end. I love that end. I wonder if, uh, really, Dolly. you love the end. <laughs> I love that end, boy. Hmm. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> the what terrible that? end. That would have been the 34th victory in a row or something? So, it well, it would have been back-to-back national championships, yeah. and it was... 35th. It, was, it would have been the 35th consecutive victory for the Miami Hurricanes. They had won 34 And it, and it was... It was overtime. So this was the final play because they yeah. stopped the final play. Canes were up by a touchdown. They stopped the final play by Ohio State. And then, it, I, I mean, literally, Larry Coker's at midfield. This is what it says because ESPN is airing it tonight. ESPN did a little write-up on it. Flag gone wrong. A look at the most controversial calls in college football history. And what it writes on this one, on the final play of the 2003 Fiesta Bowl, Ohio State quarterback Craig Krenzel's fourth down pass in overtime fell to the turf. It looked as though Miami had won a 24-17 thriller to capture the BCS National Championship. The Hurricanes would have joined Alabama and Nebraska as the only schools in the past 35 years to win consecutive national titles. The U dynasty was back. And then Terry Porter, the field judge from the Big 12 Conference crew, threw what is arguably the most controversial penalty flag in college football history. What made it worse was that he waited a few seconds, which in retrospect now feels like an eternity, to make up his mind to throw it. Porter ultimately called pass interference on Miami's Glenn Shaw 
Sharp, and the Buckeyes were given a first down. Krenzel scored on third down. Maurice Claret scored in the second overtime. Ohio State won to claim its first national title in 34 years. It was such a cluster bleep. He called pass interference, then he changed it to holding. I read some interview with him today with Terry Porter, and and he essentially said, uh, well, what I wanted to do was replay it in my head to make for sure that I was getting the call right. And so that's why I was a little bit late. But if he ended with, and he ended up calling holding, not pass interference. So if he called holding, that would have been at the beginning of the pattern. Like, I, I mean, yeah. it's so, it, oh, so awful. I'll tell you this. And through, and I'll put the Gator Kane stuff. I watched it too. We were, you know, we, we, we were talking about it today and y'all sent the video on our thread. It, it could have been called either way, but I'm with you in that situation in the game. There wasn't enough, there wasn't enough touch. Right. To, to you just don't call play. it at that situation. No. I mean, you literally changed he, the outcome of a national championship. He he got out leverage, uh, Glenn Sharp. He got out leverage now. The guy got back inside of him. He jumped. Glenn's still on the ground. He didn't really look back. His head is buried in the guy's chest, but it just wasn't enough because when I went back and saw it and the receiver had both hands on the ball, hey, big dog, come down with that one. Like, that game could have been won by Ohio State because you just said it, Hawk, now. Y'all had two more chances to stop him. Let's be honest. But well, you, you had already won the game. Yeah, I mean, but, no, 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 no. But now it's tied, and now you just said, now Maurice Claret has to score another touchdown. Let's not act like that was the game. The game was won in well, overtime. Well, that was the game. It was over. No, they won. The game was won in overtime, so your defense had a chance to stop them, and your offense had a chance because it was in. It, 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 we went to overtime now. No, but that, now. that was in overtime. The Canes were up by seven. They had scored on their first and, possession in overtime, and so now Ohio, okay. Ohio State had to score. They didn't score. The Canes held no. them. Okay. It's over. So now that's a penalty, and did they did they count that as a touchdown? No. They gave you the ball on the one-yard line, right? Well, I mean, listen. You so win a national you a championship. Chance. You celebrate so, a national uh, championship. You get some listen. crooked refs say, oh, so, you don't get okay. it anymore. So I'm, I'm I, taking, I can't imagine how you're deflated. I'm taking I'm taking my, my fandom out of it. Take your fandom out of it a little bit. You had a chance to stop them again, and then you had a chance to stop them. Yeah, but you don't have to stop right? them five times. It's four uh, no. downs. If Glenn Sharp didn't get handsy, and I admit it, I don't think it was handsy enough, but he did. He, listen, he affected that man's route without looking back for the ball, Hawk, and that is pass interference. Would I have thrown the flag? No, but that was pass interference as I watched it again this morning. Somebody tweets at me, Hawkman, you just ruined my day and night. I have to watch now. F. Terry Porter. <laughs> yeah, I think people are going to hate watch oh, it goodness. just to just to make sure let play the sound this is the uh this is from the tv broadcast on abc it's um who is it it's um keith jackson and dan, dan fouts. fouts yeah on the call play this Lorette's up there as a, as a wide out two the ball goes into the end zone and it is incomplete Intended incomplete for now there is a penalty flag thrown what hold on Hold the phone. Everybody comes running down on the field. You got to get off because there's a penalty flag thrown. Fireworks are going on. You hear the fireworks? Yeah. Fireworks are going on. Andy Crystal. Yep. What about this angle? Bad call. Bad call. (laughs) Yeah, Dan Fouts. There There you go, Dan Fouts. Bad call. Let's give that to DBJ. (laughs) 
Bad call. Bad call. I'm, I'm sure they yell that already. I don't know if that's a new one. I literally, uh, very rarely do you hear an impartial and out. Trust me, Dan Fouts didn't love the Miami Hurricanes. Dan Fouts is blurting out bad call. Bad call. No one could believe it. How could you believe it? I literally just got a text <laughs> on my cell phone from a number that I don't have in there. So I don't know whose number it is. It's a 786 number. And all it says is bull bleep call. And the, the bleep is written out. I have no idea who texted me, but it, it's, I'm telling you, all over South Florida right now, people are feeling that feeling again. We have to know this person because it was, was, was bull bleep call and then garbage came after it? No. Because just I got a 786 number. I don't you? know that texts me the same thing. We have to know this. I'm sorry we won't got your number saved, big I got to know who this is lady. now. Yes, please such text a, your name so we such know. Such an awful, awful. So I think what? Canes fans are going to hate watch tonight. Yes, I believe y'all should. And there's nothing else on. I'll have it on. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> oh, it's Romberg texting. That's Romberg. Oh, that's Romberg. How do I not have Romberg in my phone? Oh, I, oh, I guess uh, once he switched stations, I uh, I booted him from my contact. <laughs> Somebody was texting in Romberg. that we should hear Romberg's story. I don't think we're allowed to have him on the air, so I don't think oh. I can do that. But somebody says, listen to Romberg tell the story about how the fireworks went off and then the flag came. You could hear it there in the highlights. But you Hulk, can hear it. Hulk, Larry Coker's at midfield. Hulk, Romberg was already drinking champagne. No. You're li- you listen to the call and you're exaggerating by 10 minutes. Nope. It was a second late. Listen to the call again. Bro, listen no, 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 I w- no, I want, no, I want you, I want to give it a little bit of context here because I know you could think that by listening to that. He says the game is over. Now think about this. The play happens. They make sure that it's a touchdown or not a touchdown. They see there's no flags and then they make the call. So you've already had a couple seconds. Then you're hearing fireworks going off. Like think about how much time it takes from the on-field monitor to radio to the person that's at the fireworks place the fireworks place hey uh phil uh, uh start lighting off the the whatever the, the the fireworks i mean think about all that has to transpire here play it again solana and listen and and think about how this would uh, would play out well wraps up there as a, as a wide out too the ball goes into the end zone and it is incomplete there you go intended for gamble now there is a penalty flag thrown there you go. That's five Incomplete. seconds late. Intended for gamble. There's a penalty flag thrown. It was bad. It was, it was, no, it wasn't. It was, it was incomplete. Five couple seconds. Remember, he's not saying, he's not saying it's incomplete until the ball's already on the ground. So that's two seconds after the ball was, uh, you know, hitting the receiver's hands. Like, it's so late. And then it's a holding call. A holding call? A holding call. You kidding me? Y'all should have had Glenn Sharp at safety. Why you got him at corner? Romberg's calling you out right now, too, on my text machine. Yeah. Oh, he was a part of it. I see how and he's I got, upset, And I got Romberg in this fight. Late. Romberg's ready to late. go. Oh, Animal. <laughs> It's not as late as y'all want to paint it now. Let's it's later. Honest. It's later. Listen, it's did you later. listen to the audio? Incomplete pass. Oh, there's a flag on the field. It was seconds. It you, was you, seconds. Then, then you did not like watch this guy the went highlight. and got a hot dog. You could like not have watched a, the highlight. Went and got a hot dog and high five some some fans. You, it was you a could second. not have watched the highlight. Impossible. I, y'all sent it today. I watched it ten times. <laughs> 
Kane's got robbed. That's all I'm going to say. You're not going to get robbed of Doug Plagans and Panthers Rewind. That's about five minutes away. And then 23 hours away, we're going to have a Friday edition of the Best of the Joe Show. Later, slug. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.